I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I didn't have that until like a couple uh, couple months ago, and now that it started, it just yeah, yeah, does my head. I appreciate the. I uh, I also have started doing a podcast, and I just experienced that for the first time with somebody doing a Zoom call, and we were both really thankful that um, it was so communicative. Like the the voice of Zoom is like leaves no room for passive aggression no room for miscommunication they're like you are being recorded like you like decided the robot to 2001 i i didn't know <laughs> if i could go there but yeah that's exactly what it is <laughs> i'm just, sorry dave <laughs> <laughs> i just watched that movie i'd never seen the full thing and they were showing it at like a theater in nashville um it blew my mind it was crazy that movie's a trip yeah wild like crazy thing to see in person too sorry not in person like in a theater um great yeah did they i remember i saw a theater because it was like the 50th anniversary like a few years ago or something mm. did they they did it with like the intermission and everything it was really cool like you went in and they did the overture and stuff yeah 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 they did that yeah, it was uh, sick. they did that at the theater we were at too and i i just kept looking around and being like is everyone just like down for this like are we all just like <laughs> accepting how fucking weird this is <laughs> But yeah, it was a great experience. I remember when I went as well, because it was a distance when you went and saw it, it was a few months ago. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, I was actually only like three or four weeks ago, I guess, that we saw it. That's what I want to get back to when you can be in a theater with people and everyone's kind of right next to each other and it's a full house and you get that collective, you know, feeling as the lights go Yeah, down. yeah, it was so nice to like, I think they actually had, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it was only like 75% capacity or something. But even then it was like, I kind of liked sitting next to someone I didn't know that like I wouldn't have particularly sat next to just because it was a stranger, you know, like some part of that experience of just being, having totally your own perspective of something in a room full of people who are having also their own perspectives of something was like, that's half the fun of going to a movie is you get to feel like your own little, like, 
you get to be the hate to use the phrase main character but yeah <laughs> as long as it's not to the detriment of your experience remember i went to the theater a couple of years back I can't remember what it was to say, but it was just really like unfunny comedy. Mm. And it was kind of like old fashioned. And there was a guy in the theater who was in his mid 60s, maybe. <laughs> and he had this really high pitched like yeah. laugh. Like oh. a ho, ho, ho. <laughs> just the whole way through. And it was oh, horrific. God. But don't you love it? I just went and saw. Um they were showing Children of Men. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Um, oh, yeah. I can't imagine that in the theater with the beautiful kind of long shots and takes. And oh, incredible. Amazing. That was the first time I'd seen it, but I also sat next to someone who like, there aren't very many funny parts in that movie, but this person really was getting pleasure. It's a pretty from- bleak film. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I could not imagine sitting next to this person in like, I don't know, some like early 2000s comedy because this person was like losing their mind every joke. And it, but it was like endearing. I missed that feeling of, of being frustrated or being like, how is this person not getting <laughs> what's happening? Yeah, when our lives have been so condensed into this, you know, handful of maybe like five or ten different feelings like the last year. Wow. It's nice to get back into that space where different stuff can actually happen. Totally. That's a great way to put it i mean i didn't really think about that i guess i've been thinking about that more while writing again like this past month has been like the most socially chaotic i think i've had in a while as i'm sure it is for a lot of people and i think i've been going through this mental process of like am i feeling new things like am i just going through a period of growth or am i just remembering what it felt like to have feelings like frustration or jealousy or whatever normal social feelings um, we're like typically dealing with. You know what I mean? It's been a whole new, whole new set of old feelings. It's been a lot. That's kind of cool though, getting to experience them again for the first time. Yeah, I feel. Even, even if they're negative feelings, just to get something different, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't think I'd ever want to feel like 14 again, but it's like kind of fun <laughs> to be like mad <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> What's this? Uh, what's this podcast you're starting? Um, that's a really awesome question that I like. Don't have a great answer to. Um, <laughs> I just in during the lockdown, I was like getting really into podcasts um, and just like found myself listening to them a lot and just had the classic like, oh, I wonder if I could do that too thought, and then just assembled the group of people that kind of like helped my like first album come together and thought that it would be a cool concept to just interview all of those people and just do like a short season, just like just have conversations with those people and ask some questions about their experience, like contributing awesome stuff to the record. So I think it's only like six or seven episodes. Thanks. What, what was your experience like starting this? Like, cause you've been at this for a minute. Like this is like such an awesome established thing. Well, I mean, we started off doing like video interviews to start with like in person, like it shows and stuff. But then obviously when lockdown happened last year, I was very hesitant to go into the zoom world and start doing podcasts. But then when it became apparent that this wasn't going to go away for a while (laughs) in order to speak to different people, it became the natural thing. And then I just kind of got into the rhythm of it and, before you know it, you're putting out like five a week or whatever and kind of, you're wow. in that flow state. Yeah, that's incredible. What was your hesitation? Because it's not as good as being in person. <laughs> Which, to be honest, I I still stand by that. Yeah. It's just, you've kind of got to accept a watered down version while we're in this pandemic, you know? Totally. And I think, I think this is a time that serves, podcast can serve well, considering, like you said, we're only experiencing a handful of emotions or were more so a couple months ago. 
even just hearing two people talk and potentially brushing against other emotions is like, I don't know, like cathartic. I think it makes people more willing to open up when we're kind of in the pandemic and we're doing this because it's yeah. a space they don't really have in their life. Like we don't have the coffee shop, you know, right. We've got to find somewhere else for that outlet. Totally. And we're, most of us are doing this from our rooms or our homes where like we've probably been sitting with the thoughts that we're going to share in a conversation, like in our heads all day beforehand. You know what I mean? Like I've loved being able to like just go straight from literally sitting on my bed, watching the movie to like walk over to this desk and put the laptop down and then hop into conversation, like being the same person that I was when nobody was looking. You know what I mean? It's almost like you're tricking your mind because you're in a physical space that you're very comfortable with, totally. but you don't make that jump to being like in the studio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, even man, I got chills when you said coffee shop, like the thought of like, we've done that a little bit, but like the thought of meeting up with somebody right now and like doing the whole thing where I'd like get really worried about my clothes if it seems like I care enough or not enough and then going oh you notice that stain on your t-shirt right before you go in oh like mid conversation too (laughs) and you're like oh I know they see it everyone here sees it yeah I mean as you say that I see that I have pineapple salsa on my pants um, that I wore yesterday (laughs) (laughs) I think I've got a bit of chocolate on my t-shirt as well so oh but that's you're not alone okay thank you that's endearing I love that it um, is chocolate of all things it's like I think that that... I was having a Cornetto. Oh, I don't think I've ever had one of those. Are they British? I guess so. Yeah, I don't think we... I don't think I've had oh, one of those. That's weird. What is it? Is it like a candy bar? No, it's like a, an ice cream and it's oh, got... I know what you're talking like about. Like in a cone and it's got chocolate at the bottom. Right, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a swirl. Yeah, we call... Uh, they have like drumsticks here. It's weird that you have these kind of like cultural mirrors. Like they're the same thing, but just in slightly different packaging and a I little know. bit sweeter or whatever. It, and so often... Uh, I feel like the ones in the States are like less cool. <laughs> like they're just so much more like a drumstick. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> you know? We've got a sweet, that's a drumstick though. Like a weird, like gooey lollipop thing. Oh, that sounds nice. I feel like it's tough for me to associate the word drumstick with something like fruity because I'm so used to just like, just Mine like keeps coming back to music. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I can't get it off my brain. I'm addicted. <laughs> It's funny because when we were talking about coffee shops a couple of minutes back, my mind was drawn to the fact that you wrote the first song on this new album in a coffee shop, right? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Luckily, that was it was in... Um, that's so... That's thorough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was after hours at the coffee shop that I worked at. I had like um, my manager... Were you the only one there? Yeah, it was just me. I was like, I closed up that night and everybody left and it was like a really cool cool vibe at this coffee shop where like everyone that worked there had a key and like you could kind of come and go whenever and like i don't think the like owner knew we were doing that but um (laughs) the the manager at the time was just like really laid back guy and um he always had like a guitar in the office so i like yeah just like settled up counted the money in the register or whatever and then just like was putting it in the office and found the guitar in there it was so awesome i started doing it a bunch but would just sit out in like the dining room with all the you know all the lights off except for like the closing lights and then just play for hours it was so fun for hours sometimes (laughs) if i didn't have anywhere to go and if nobody (laughs) like if i didn't get too scared that somebody was gonna walk in (laughs) or a ghost yeah definitely so haunted we stayed that place had to be haunted for sure and there was one 
night where this is the first time I'm really revealing this to the world where we like stayed the night in there. Like we, we got off and then acted like we went home and then a couple of people like we just slept in the restaurant, <laughs> which is like such a violation of health codes. Um, but we like all fell asleep and then at like 5 a.m. The, the guy who worked in the kitchen came in to like clock in and like poor guy like opened the door to see like multiple people just sleeping on the floor <laughs> and was like so terrified. <laughs> Rightfully so. Why did you decide to spend the night? Uh, I genuinely think we had nothing better to do. I think that it was like... Have a sleepover. Yeah, might as well. And there was free food. Like food was really good there. So just like Happy eating days. pastries. Yeah, fantastic time. Really good. Set. We brought an air mattress. Did you... Wait, so you... This was tactical. This wasn't a spur of the moment decision. This was planned. It was sporadic, but it was one of those things where like, what if we did this? And then somebody was like, well, I've got blankets in my car. And someone was like, I actually have an air mattress. I was camping last week. And then <laughs> I was like, I, I like left a bunch of like snacks in my car from whatever. And then it was like, well, we could set Good up, go. we could set up a small civilization here. And we did. <laughs> <laughs> With that. Uh was sinking. You used to you open the album with it, but you used to open your set with it for quite a while as well. Right? Yeah, I think we the last run that we did a couple almost month or two ago, we we still opened every set with that one. Yeah, I'm so attached to it now. I think it'd be maybe strange to to change it up, but I think we've talked about some other possibilities of opening sets. And I, I think once we hit like the headlining run next year, um, there's just so many dates where we'll have the opportunity to try a lot of new stuff but there's something so comforting and i just feel so much of like my identity in that song and it feels really good to just like start off a show being like this is what we're about and like this is what i am about you know what i mean it's like a statement of intent yeah totally yeah exactly just from the jump like hey if you don't <laughs> i maybe this is like a bad mindset to have about playing music for really kind people but like it's like, if you don't like this, the next like 40 minutes <laughs> to an hour are like probably not going to be <laughs> pleasurable for you. You probably want to grab a beer. Yeah. Say that at the start. If you don't like this, you probably want to go and grab a beer. Yeah, exactly. Like I've heard the food here is great. Go, <laughs> go check that out. <laughs> you can go outside, smoke, call your family, do whatever you need to do. Like we'll probably be wrapped up by then. Um, yeah, man. I mean, we used to, good Lord, we used to play we used to open with that song on like some of the tours where there was really, really nobody there. And we would play that song for like 10 minutes, like just so ridiculous, like just end it. And then just like keep droning on it. And like just screaming, thinking I was fucking Cobain. The Grateful Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Cobain mixed with the Grateful <laughs> Dead, which is the collab of the century. <laughs> you, you reference the Grateful Dead on this record, don't you? Oh yeah. On, uh, is it why? Why? What's the uh, song that's got the chorus where you have all the different? Cinnamon. Um, no, it's not why. Yeah, cinnamon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Sugar magnolia, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. <laughs> wait, is that what the words? Sugar magnolia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was just saying last night um, to my girlfriend, like, if I had to, like, if someone asked me to just speak the words to any of the songs. I don't think I could do it. Like it's such a muscle memory thing to like sing them and same with the guitar parts. Like I couldn't tell you what chords or notes they are, but it's, it's so strange how it's such a muscle memory thing. Yeah. I guess just once you've been on the road and you're kind of playing them for such a while and you get that consistency going. Totally. Yeah. I, I miss that feeling so much. 
like that's that's my favorite part about tours being able to like physically feel like i remember the first time we started to to play hour-long sets like we were all just so dead afterwards um and we're like how the hell are we going to do this every night like that felt like you know that felt like a grateful dead set and then two months of doing that an hour like fucking flew by you know and then it's like whoa we could have kept going for another hour like you just it, I, I miss that feeling of like being in the routine i'm really looking forward to that it comes Again. back to muscles you just build them up as long yeah. as you keep exercising literally i mean sing, yeah yeah i mean same with i mean literally singing i just felt i missed that feeling like my voice feels so weak now like if i if i talk too much in a day i get tired so like touring is gonna be it's gonna take a minute i, I i've gotta start singing a lot before we get back out it's such a strange environment because on the one hand it's constantly changing every day you're on a motorway you're on a road and it's shifting right but then at the same time there's a massive degree of consistency about it because it's you're always on the road yeah you're always playing the same set every night mm. and i think that can be a it can be a brutal realization it's tough to navigate yeah yeah it's i think it requires i think that's where you kick into the moment that it starts to feel routine that like inconsistency starts to feel routine like i think that's not to sound like matthew mcconaughey but there's some shit like that's when it gets fun man like <laughs> but like truly that's like the part i guess in my mind where it's like it's like cool i know what to expect or like i know what unexpected things to expect like how can i make this a fun new experience for for myself and like for the band and like we we all you know i think the last long run we did was like 60 days or something and like the last 30 like around the halfway mark probably we all kind of felt like we were in the swing of it and all started to do new things like i started reading a ton in the van and like writing a lot in the van just like journaling and poems and shit and like i hadn't done that before but it was like cool I, i'm not as in like awe of maybe these long drives or like I'm not as nervous about pulling up to a new city and wondering if anyone's going to be there like so I can actually be maybe growing during this time and like I, I watched the band also do like a lot of really cool stuff like two of our um two of our members are, are in a band called Future Crib outside of of playing with this project um and they were constantly writing and like recording demos in the van and doing so much and it, I, like I love like the double duty of like being on the road, but also still being able to grow and like still being able to work on shit. Is that a different kind of growth to when you're in the one place? That's a really great question. I think it is the same maybe, but I think you're allowed to like focus on yourself in a weird way. Like when you're on the road, because you are isolated from the rest of the world. A lot of times, like as much as you are frequently in front of people, you're not like connecting with people in a, in a, standard conversational way so like i think you grow i could yeah i could come home and lock myself in my room and make myself write and make myself read more and do the 50 push-ups every morning but i think it's a different you can like physically see growth when you're on the road and you spend a day reading um or spend a day calling your family and talking to people you love on the phone and then seeing how that affects the show later in the day I, like I really love that aspect of things. It's almost like journaling. Like you have a point that you check in every day. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's so, man, it feels so good to like get past the nervousness and it become an opportunity to be just pure like expression. 
can relax a little bit more totally and uh, yeah and that's when it's fun that's when you start doing shit that you wouldn't typically do like i the shows where we were like almost bored like never ungrateful to be there but sometimes like we've done this five days in a row and there's 20 people here like what if i say something stupid like just to see what happens like (laughs) those are the fun when you're not worried the rare moments where you're not worried if there's gonna ever be another show yeah special special moment where you have this motif on the album that kind of relates to that of roads and cars they keep cropping up throughout the songs where's that coming from for you i'm a huge sorry yeah oh you're good no i was gonna just say i'm a huge um grease monkey i work on cars all the time um as you can tell probably by just like my muscles and um (laughs) and just me as a person you can just clearly tell i'm a big car guy Uh, (laughs) uh i am not a car guy i don't think that that was a good joke either but i'm getting images of the guys in greece I can't remember what they're called. <laughs> I think they're called... You know, the gang. Yeah, absolutely. What's... Oh, there's yeah, a yeah. there's a term, and I don't want to try to say it and say the wrong term, but I know... Is it just a greaser? Maybe. No, I was more meaning there's a particular name for their gang in that movie, but... Oh, the actual gang. Um, yeah. Yeah, you were just calling them a grease monkey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, good Lord, above. I, I don't really know... I don't think that was like an intentional thing. I think it just like was by way or like talking about that, those images so frequently. I think it was just because it was like our life for a while, like finishing up writing that record, like was a lot of time spent in cars. And I think, I think hopefully that's like a relatable thing for a lot of people. Like a lot of my formative memories and like memories with music, particularly like listening to music and it really, mattering to me were like on road trips as a kid or like in the car I spent a lot of time in the car when I was a kid because my parents lived um far apart from one another and so my mom lived for most of my childhood lived like a 10 hour drive from my dad so if I you know every time I got to see her we we'd spend a lot of time in the car like and she was crazy that's the length of the UK yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's, that's like driving from one end to the other that's yeah. so wild yeah that's so funny yeah that's that's like middle tennessee to northern florida is like a 10-hour drive and that's with my mom driving so the pedal was definitely pressed to the floor um <laughs> but yeah i mean i've i spent a lot of time in cars which is not an exciting sentence and not anything super special but it definitely like i think it bled into how I see the world quite a bit. In what sense? Um, just like, I think just because it was, it was like best and worst case scenario for me, just because I had such an active brain when I was a kid. Like I was just so sensitive. So like just a lot of concentrated time for my brain to just kind of go wild. So I think I had like a lot of fun on those drives where, you know, whether it was conversating, like, talking i don't know why the hell i said conversating (laughs) (laughs) it was more fun than saying talking yeah that's true i guess you got to keep it interesting okay i was conversating (laughs) with my maternal link um (laughs) and um so the episode of the simpsons when homer becomes smart i have not seen that one but wow yeah that's (laughs) dude are you a simpsons fan 
massive Simpsons fan. Yeah, me too. What are your I'm thoughts on the movie? Too. I know that, not to derail, but I like the movie. Yeah, me the, too. I feel like the the overall reception on the movie is like quite warm. I think, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so. I've just I I felt like it was majority good, but I have known people who were polarized by it. But I think they're like purists in a in a negative sense, like people who just didn't like that there was a movie in general but i loved it i thought it was so funny i think they almost took like all the best jokes out of an entire season at that point in the simpsons and totally. just threw it into an hour and a half yeah totally they were like in the perfect spot to do it it felt like because they'd just been doing it for so long that it was like they were actually capable of of having an hour and a half of good shit i think they took like seven years to write that or something as well like no it was in way. development for a long time yeah dude that's so awesome everyone should take note every movie should take <laughs> seven years <laughs> um, we do a boyhood and just take 12 yeah exactly go the full dude yeah. i've uh, <laughs> i watched boyhood <laughs> when i was like when i was like 14 or something and i just remember finishing it and like if i just watched myself like if i if 23 year old me watched young me do this i would just kick myself in the face but i remember like it ending and being like what the hell was that? Like, he just got old. Like, I don't, <laughs> I like, didn't get why it was, like, interesting at all. And I, I haven't gone back to it. <laughs> but, yeah, I just remember, like, everyone being like, it took 12 years to film that. And me being like, okay, I've lived 12 years. Like, I don't want to watch somebody else, like, <laughs> just do what I just did. <laughs> I had the opposite. I remember I watched that. I was the same. I was, like, 14 when I first watched it. And then... I saw it again last summer. I've watched it quite a few times, but I saw it again last summer, and that was the first time that I've been older than oh, he is wow. at the end of the movie. No and way! And I had like a massive existential crisis wow. about it. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> I, that might maybe I need to go back in and experience it that way now because I'm sure that's wild. Is he? Because it ends with him like going to college or something, right? Yeah, he's like 19 when it ends. I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, in my head, I remember being like, I can't relate to this because that's so far ahead of me like but that's so weird to be older than him now wow the thing is when you look back if you look at that like five years when you're in high school a lot happens then probably the, in terms of like growth and development than more than any other point in your life which sure. is why it feels so much longer totally yeah I, I mean like i guess this is a cliche thought as well but it certainly feels like you spend i guess from the point maybe Maybe for the next few years, I'll, I'll hopefully be experiencing new things, you know, but like, it feels like I haven't even started to unpack a lot of what I've experienced in, in my life up to now. Like, I, and I don't know if you're supposed to, you know, like you spend the second 20 years of your life figuring out what the fuck happened in the first 20. Yeah, exactly. And then maybe there's this like golden 20 at the end where you're like, you either figured it out and you can be at peace or you literally just get to a point where you're like, well, who gives fuck a shit? It. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's why the fuck would I try? Like <laughs> all I can do is not hate everybody and be mad. And <laughs> like, I could definitely see myself getting to that point, but I'm going to try. That's, that seems to happen though. Like you look at a lot of old people they are cranky and they're better. And yeah, you go one or two ways. Either you're at peace or you're full of, fury <laughs> disdain <laughs> i don't i mean hey man if i'm ever encountered by an old older person that is mean to me i like will never throw it back like i i because i'm building up karma points so that 
when I'm 60 and some kid who's was born in 2030 is like a dick to me at the grocery store that I can like unleash and just not have any bad feelings about it. <laughs> no, I, I hope to be a pleasant, this has been a theme of this conversation, but I, yeah, I hope to be a pleasant older person or like, I, I don't know. I just got to hang with my, um, with my grandpa on my, my mom's side who like, I haven't gotten to see much over the past couple of years. Um, or really a long time. Um, and I was just fascinated by how many stories, you know, he had to share. Um, and he, you know, he really only opened up on like a handful of them, but I was, it just made me want to be at an older age than I am now and, and have actual perspective and not just like still feel like I'm, I'm flailing. You know what I mean? Like it made me look forward to the stages of like being able to, to see why things happened and like to see what's important from the memories that we make, you know? Does making an album allow you to do that in a smaller way? <laughs> it's funny you ask. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. I forget that that's like a good place to do that sometimes. <laughs> God, it's so wild to me how little I take advantage of how awesome music is sometimes. Like, I, I sit here and freak out about like, yeah, man, I hope I have perspective. Like, I, I, you know, I hope I somehow figure out a way to reflect on all this stuff. And then, yeah, literally, the thing to do would be to write a song about it. <laughs> but, like, I'll end up and just, like, go, I don't know, I'll, like, go for a walk and then go buy expensive food somewhere and then eat it and just go to bed. <laughs> a lot of times, like, I don't even turn to music when I need it most. It's, it's so funny. I never thought that that would be how I process something. Are there some things that you would rather keep free from the music, though, and just have as topics that exist outside of it? Man, that's another really, really great question. I, If I were to ever be at that point, I don't think it would be because I didn't think there was anything that music couldn't touch on. I certainly don't think anything is off limits in, in music. And, like, I've used it before to explore really difficult internal conversations and like it's really helpful but I, I think I do I don't know if I'm at a point yet where I could really confidently share some of the music I've I've made about really really difficult internal conversations like the it's so funny like some sunflower felt the you know the years that those songs came together like it, it felt so confessional and so like I am bearing my soul right now. And then like kind of in the process of finishing it, I realized like I had a whole new set of things that felt taboo to talk about and felt like vulnerable and fragile. And so I think, you know, when it's time for a second record, like I think it's just going to be a whole new list of things that, that feel vulnerable because like, I guess making that record was effective personally in it making me feel confident to talk about just like emotions. Cause I think the general thing with that record is just like emotion, like in raw. Yeah, totally. And like, it's not totally like, I'll be the first to say, like, I don't think a lot of those thoughts are fully realized. And I think a lot of them were fu fueled by like, you know, buying cigarettes for the first time, you know, like just like small things that you do when you're young that like, do trigger as much of an existential crisis as you can have. Like, 
And I think there is a lot of emotions on there that like, I think were deeper than I was. And I don't think I understood at the time why were they, why they were so deep. But I, I also now feel like I feel more confident in telling the people I love when I'm sad or when I'm depressed or like, you know, on the verge of a breakdown, like those songs back then felt like the only way I could tell people that. So like now it's really interesting to, to figure out what music can be a tool for now that I've reached a point where I feel more confident just talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's like say my name on the record that was written right before you went away for a while. Yep. In hindsight, if that had happened now, would that have taken place as a conversation rather than as a song? So likely. Yeah. And it's, it's, wow, that's a really awesome question. Um, fuck, I, I guess like, yeah, you know, I was having conversations with people then about those feelings, but I don't think I was ready for other people to be right, maybe, or to actually be able to help. Um, so yeah, like that song was like, a textbook cry for help, a textbook like this is me at my lowest point. So now I certainly would tell someone because I, I don't, I can't really afford to like go back to that place emotionally um, that I was feeling that way. But at the same time, when you weigh the possibility that writing a song about it could help other people, it's a strange, strange balance of like wanting to be honest and vulnerable with people in your life um, but also wanting to make art that could help a lot of people at the cost of um, of your feelings sometimes or of like your sanity. I guess the other thing is when looking back to that in hindsight, sometimes the only way to know that you're on the edge is to go over it. Sure. And if you didn't know that you were on the edge, it would have been a lot harder to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yes. A thousand percent. And I didn't know that, man, that that's a theme, I guess, of the record too, or just like of that chapter of my life was just like not not realizing the edge was very real um and having to lose a lot um of time and people and like days that could have been great to figure out that there was yeah that there was a cost to not talking about those things you know what i mean has it affected your songwriting since you've been able to open up about them now it's definitely um my instincts have changed. I have a lot less moments where I'm in a conversation with someone and I have to just like run out of the room and go lock myself in the bathroom with a guitar until some, you know, and say what I'm trying to say to them there. It's a lot more like, uh, I love to write after a long conversation now, like, whereas I couldn't have a long conversation without writing, like, you know, dealing with just like, social bullshit like in my own life like you know I love to talk to my friends about it for a long time and then like in those conversations just kind of find what feels the best to talk about um and then if I get to go right after that just like be like oh what was that thing that it felt really real to share like in this actual conversation with a real person who like also has feelings and like how would that look to to put into a song like so there's definitely an awareness now for better for worse that like cool there there are people on the other end of this um 
and it's hard. I think it would be hard without consequences to go back to to writing some things like that I've written about before. Um, just knowing it affects others. When you say without consequences, what exactly? I think just like the classic, like, I don't know. Like I loved the tortured artist shit when I was 18. Like I loved, I didn't get that you could really drive people away. You know what I mean? By being a mess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds like you uh, can, uh, it sounds like you understand. <laughs> I, uh, I read a lot of Kerouac growing up. Shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you're, when you're 15 and you kind of idolize that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You go, you move past that. Yeah. You have to, because if you don't like, I just remember when I, yeah, like, like, you know, you, you lightly mentioned earlier, like when I had to go, like when I went off to rehab, like I remember kind of sitting there in the car on the way to, to leave. And I had two of my best friends with me came with my mom and I to, to go drop me off at this place. And I just remember like looking at them as I was leaving and thinking like, I, I, I bet if I do this again, I would get it like, if they didn't come, like if they didn't want to go through this again. And like, unfortunately it took pretty high stakes for me to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just, I guess as you get older, you realize like, Oh, you, you can really, you are not God. You are not, un, you know, infallible, like, and not everyone thinks it's cool that you put SIGs out on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does it come back to, you mentioned earlier on that as a kid, you had a very active mind. Is that a way of kind of just numbing that a little bit? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, the volume down. Yeah. yeah. And like the more you start learning that like you're, um, I'm saying all this, like, I know what I'm talking about. I don't know shit, but like, <laughs> nobody knows anything. Yeah. We're all just sure. winging it. Yeah. Well said. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think once I think, the favorite, like my favorite bands and favorite artists, um, I love the records where it sounds like they just maybe realized that there isn't an answer to the questions they've been asking. You know what I mean? Like, and I like, I, that's what I look forward to in growing as a person and growing as a musician is like, yeah, right now I feel like I'm going through a phase of realizing a lot of shit that I thought I understood. I don't. And that there's like, not just going to randomly be an answer to some of the problems I'm having. And like, I like now to write about that as opposed to like just the, the raw feeling of like what the hell is going on. Like I like taking a step further back, even perspective wise and being like, how funny is it that there actually isn't an answer to this and that I could be, so human to feel this you know what i mean like and i don't know i don't know what that looks like in a song totally yet it's kind of a new feeling i'm exploring but like yeah it's it's fun now to be like dude honestly um i've talked about my girlfriend a lot because she's awesome but she's got me um i'd never listened to father john missy before (laughs) (laughs) i know i was like literally 23 (laughs) years behind the ship but i it blew my mind um to hear someone write from the perspective of like basic, I love the like here. So basic, I love that. He's just like, I'm going to repeat back to you 
what you guys have told me matters and like you can decide whether or not that actually makes any fucking sense because it doesn't to me you know what i mean like i I love i think that's really cool to be like so basically here's rules that like the world has placed on us and like let's just say them out loud and like see how that leaves us feeling like i really dig that i think that's really special i'm not the first person to like him either i don't mean to sound like i'm discovering something but like (laughs) it comes back to what you say about perspective though when you just look at all these things with complete objectivity a lot of them are a little bit crazy like they don't make any sense there's no real rooting and meaning yeah not at all (laughs) which is yeah which is also why i think it's fun to not write about that stuff like i've written some straight up fucking like pop songs in you know what i mean in the in the past year because it's sometimes so fun to be like i like being pensive on like there's not an answer and that spins me out but also like there's not an answer so why don't we why don't we party <laughs> you know like, <laughs> i mean and, freeway's a pop song yeah like, it's, it's got a darkness to it but it's a pop song yeah totally it's silly and it's like making fun of the fact that i at any point was like freaking out you know like it's making fun of the idea that i could think that running down the middle of the road so angry would change anything like it's about being very small and like i love that shit that's why um are you a fan of the front bottoms do you listen to them at all i have not oh man no okay i'll have to send you some of their stuff um, where are they from are they I've, I've i think they're from heard of them to be I, honest i think they're from new jersey uh okay or somewhere east coast like northeast so good so funny it's it's like kind of like acoustic pop punk like folk pop punk stuff that's like just so oh, wait they have a song mark zuckerberg oh that's nap eyes nap okay that band is so good too um <laughs> yeah that's that's okay i'm glad they naturally came up in conversation because i'm obsessed with that band too um but yeah that similar vibe a little more like a little more like emo i don't know even what to compare it to i'll just have to send it to you but like so funny and like so many of their songs are like he's just so dramatic and fully aware of it but it's like what else can i be doing but be dramatic right now like i could i could accept that i should probably just shut up but it's like if i do that then i might as well just not be living so like if i'm gonna be alive i'm gonna be dramatic like i love and where's the fun and not being dramatic yeah there's there's no (laughs) point like i'm i'm tired of actually like I don't it doesn't even feel good to figure stuff out sometimes <laughs> you know like, I guess we, we live in the age of irony as well where everyone wants to be you know kind of witty and yeah yeah you know. I and I I go back and forth on how I feel about that like I think sometimes I get mad about irony when I don't feel witty enough to do it <laughs> <laughs> when I feel too tired to try to be ironic I get really pissed about it but uh yeah it's totally the voice of like our generation is like very like postmodern i think is a word i learned recently because we're fed up we look at global warming and then we look at like racism and all these hang-ups from the old world and we're like why is this still such a big problem right and we're relying on people that are older than us to catch up like we're relying on people who had a chance to do the right thing to now basically 
apologize by way of fixing the problems that we didn't that we are willing to work past and change and pro- progress upon so yeah i it it makes sense like and deservedly i think our generation gets to be ironic and sarcastic and sad and angry like you know I, it, it completely i think is justified yeah there's a pain behind irony as well like it's never you're never being ironic about something happy <laughs> yeah. that's a really great sentence yeah that's it's so true <laughs> yeah and we're all hurting i think i think that's where i i get like earnest to a fucking fault sometimes that like in irony i i struggled so long like i was saying with like not being able to say how i felt and so sometimes i hear you know ironic tones in songs and i just want to like abrasively hug the person that's singing it and be like you can just say you're hurting like it's okay (laughs) like (laughs) i don't need fucking alliteration right now i just need you to hug me because i actually deep down am freaking the fuck out like you don't have to (laughs) i get it you're smarter than me just hug me because i'm losing my mind (laughs) you need to use that in summon i don't need alliteration right now i just need you to hug me what the fuck i'm gonna write that down hold on i don't (laughs) i'm literally typing it into note alliteration you snatch stuff like this from conversation quite often I, i think so yeah i think it's like pretty i don't do it like there are so many people in in our like generation of musicians that that have just such an amazing ability to write conversationally like obviously the the entire um family tree around like the the phoebe bridges world um just so many incredible literal lyrical songwriters um not to put them in a box just as as literal songwriters like those people do incredible things but like i i it's daunting to me sometimes because i feel like i can't i i do get so worried about life that i have a hard time making light of it frequently like in little things you do that with the ketamine line though yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) i tried that that song was the closest thing i think that was me being like trying to be accepted by the world of really awesome people um writing songs in pasadena (laughs) (laughs) that felt like uh like an elliot smith line or something when i heard it it's got oh that's, that's it's a little, well it comes back to irony a little bit though doesn't it it's got a bit of ironic detachment about it and guess who was hurting at that time <laughs> <laughs> that's um that's high praise though i appreciate that yeah the so, see i feel like the elliot smith stuff is like god it's just so i think that i think no one will ever hit that blend of irony and and earnest shit like so perfectly combined ever again and also, he was unafraid to come across as a dick in his songwriting, too, sometimes. Sure, yeah. Like, if you look at something like... A, do you know... How, my, how well do you know Elliot Smith stuff? Are you quite into it? Relatively well. I mean, I've definitely, like, listened to all of the records. I don't... I wouldn't... I would not be the person to put on a trivia team, but I'm a big fan. Do you know the song... I think it's a question mark on... Is that on figure eight? Fig, or an, XO? One, what's the one before it? XO, yeah. Yes, yeah. That song is crazy. Yeah, but it's like, it's in that song, he, people are just wanting to help him. He's basically telling them to fuck off. He's writing from a place in that song where he's not in the right, and yet he's so unafraid to do so, and it's just showing a side of himself that we don't hear from songwriters too often. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, and again, that comes back to like what we were 
lightly talking about earlier, like what, at what cost can you be angry? Because like, I can't imagine, gosh, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I can't imagine that that didn't affect that his loved ones didn't hear that and were pissed. You know what I mean? Like, but you and I are talking about it on a podcast on a Thursday, like in 2021, 25 years after it was wrote. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's, it's a, it's a hard balance of what you're supposed to do. And I think it's, I think it's an interesting thing. I would love to talk to more and more people our you know, from our generation about their relationship with that. Because I feel like even when I was, you know, in like middle school and early high school, I had so much less of an understanding of like the problems that came along with being like potentially toxic, toxic masculine white singer songwriter person. Like, I don't think I, I I had no idea that that was a really destructive thing and like wasn't inherently cool to just be a dick. Like, and I think I really idolized a lot of musicians. Like, you know, I was like the biggest Jim Morrison fan ever when I was 14. And then I remember turning like 18 and like hanging out with people who were so much smarter than me who were like, Hey, um, fuck that guy. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, the doors were cool. A rock on like he was an ass and he hurt a lot of people you know <laughs> like it's the same with someone like john lennon though sure like, yeah that's a, yes totally i often i was thinking about that today i was listening to some of uh plastic ono band mm. and i was wondering i was like if john lennon had lived until he was 80 would he have turned into like a morrissey type figure i, I would fear so yeah i think a lot he of seems like someone would. who just wanted to piss people off certainly and like you can yeah as as technology has progressed and as the world has progressed like in some ways like it's it's even easier for morrissey to be morrissey now like and it's unfortunately so oh god god bless it all (laughs) (laughs) fuck um yeah i i man i i that's always a really interesting conversation to like consider like what would a lot of those people be doing now like what would what would Kurt Cobain be writing about now? And like, what would Elliot Smith be writing about? Or like, yeah, any of those like classic, you know, just that like figure of person, like who had such a strong controversial voice back then, like where would they stand today? I think it's really interesting. Uh, Yeah. Just because the world's changed so much and the environment we live in now is unrecognizable compared to when they existed. Yeah. I couldn't imagine like, we're gonna have a really probably like uh, unprecedented obviously like go of it to see where things are 20 years from now if there still are things 20 years from now (laughs) like (laughs) it's gonna be i mean even the shift in our lifetimes like i'm 23 so like what has changed in that time a lot of things haven't but like the things that have changed are unfathomable like we have yeah I mean, so like <laughs> my friends and I were kayaking the other day and, um, my friend's cousin was in town and I love him so much. And he was like floating down the river, like, <laughs> like literally smoking like a spliff, just sitting there. And he was like, he was like, you're the last generation to be born in a world where computers weren't calling the shots. 
and I was like, okay, you're really stoned, but that's true. And you're really funny <laughs> for saying that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's so weird to think like I have younger siblings. Like I have a, a two year old brother and like, wow. he will not know a world where like a smartphone isn't a thing. And like, it's just, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's crazy. Thing is though, if we do make it to old age, we'll probably barely remember that world. We'll have a handful of memories at most pre-cell phones. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I remember the formative times of like, I remember first getting a phone and like those memories, but it was always, I don't, I don't remember a world where that wasn't an option or something that I I thought that I really needed to have. (laughs) Where, where did your five types of beauty come from? I want to touch upon that before we wrap up. Yeah, totally. Um, that was Joey, um, the director for the most part. That was, um, definitely him just running some like really broad ideas that I had through his like incredible wildly analytical um, filter of a brain. And I didn't, he sent me all of those things and was like, okay, these are like the themes. Okay. Like it doesn't sound like we're having like a conversation on it. And he was like, Oh no, we're not like, this is what they are. (laughs) So, but did he, did he take that from the music? Did he listen to the 10 songs and then apply that to them? Yeah. Yeah. It was from the record. Um, a combination of him just hearing the record and then also, um, just us kicking around really broad, like visual ideas. Like a lot of the music videos are really collaborative in the sense that like, I will come to him with like one idea, um, and be like, Hey, what if, I don't know where this fits in. I don't know if it even makes the final cut, but like, what if there's a scene where we're doing a synchronized dance on a tennis court? Um, and I'm in all white. Like I think that was literally the only thing I brought to him for that music video. And then like a couple of days go by and he sends me, some giant like you know some giant like iphone note that has like an entire treatment and all these crazy thoughts and other scenes cut into it Uh, yeah most i think it was predominantly him listening to the record and then just like smoking weed and listening intently (laughs) that's where the hypnotizing comes from (laughs) uh yeah certainly (laughs) i'm not gonna try to to be have some clever answer to that yeah it's definitely what it was <laughs> <laughs> the hypnotizing works better if you're stoned yeah it does it's t- kind of scary if you're sober i i recommend doing it not <laughs> maybe i don't know <laughs> um it's uh it's so funny that video has been like so many people have like felt the need to express that they don't like that there's a bunch of words in the video like some guy commented yesterday on that video, I still get the notifications because I think it's really, it's just entertaining sometimes and makes me not take myself seriously. Um, Humbling. Yeah, truly, <laughs> constantly. <laughs> uh, but somebody commented and said, like, congrats on a great song. This would have millions of views if the video wasn't a fucking PSA. <laughs> I thought that was so <laughs> funny. That's bro. Yeah, but that was one of the nicer ones. Some people are just like dude the best ones joey and i laugh about this shit all the time people will just comment and be like indie rock is not for me and we're like what (laughs) you don't have to be here (laughs) oh yeah very funny stuff where where's the darkest place you ever found beauty with your music Mm. coming back to those five concepts i think kind of the whole i hope this doesn't sound like a cop-out answer but like just kind of the whole chapter that sunflower was about like those young adult 
stages where it seemed like something bad would happen or I would find something out about life I didn't want to find out. Um, and instead of it translating to knowledge, it just propelled me into another place where um, I felt like I was finding out something I didn't want to find out. Like, you know those years when you're like, I felt like it was from like 12 to like 20 that it, <laughs> which is a long window now that I'm thinking about it. Like, a lot happened in my eight years. A lot. <laughs> I think I was dealing with a lot of stuff from my childhood, a lot of traumatic things from my young childhood um, and had a pretty tough go just with mental health all of high school and all of early college stages, um, which was like developing into, you know, I, like we said before, like I, I had a really bad relationship with alcohol and still don't drink to this day. And I think just kind of discovering the depths of my sadness and addiction and things like that. I think just that whole record was about a really dark time. And it was like 10 moments where light shined through and I, and I did, I, you know, gathered up whatever scrambled thoughts were coming at that time and was just like lucky enough to, to get them down, you know? So like, I guess just that whole period of not knowing anything about life. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that was a great answer, but <laughs> that was because it ties back into what we were saying about these unanswerable questions. Sure. It's like in the search for answers, you just kept kind of going down the rabbit hole and finding more questions. Sure. Yeah. But then through that, you get growth. Totally. And like you, some of those, yeah, some of those songs I think did have, were solutions and were answers. Um, but yes, like you just said, like you get the answer and then it's the hard part because it's like, sweet, you have the answer, but it doesn't feel any better to have the answer. So I guess those songs, yeah, were just the, the few times that I had a complete thought um, and was able to make even relative sense that now exists forever um, in form of a song to like reference to help down the road. You know, like I guess all of that sadness and all of that confusion and pain from that young period of time, the music has, has made light in that it has become like a reference point for where to go from, from there. When you listen back to the album and you read back your journal, how do those two feelings compare? It's it's like the companion piece. It's like the same same thing. It's it's really interesting. I like I did journal a ton while we were making the record and the feelings were were so wild. It's just crazy thinking cuz a lot of my fear while making the record was like I'm not getting my point across and like I'm not capturing these feelings. But it's really nice to look back and be like I couldn't help but put those feelings in the record like I couldn't have taken away some of that anxiety or taken away whatever in that process if I tried like it was just naturally there you know it wouldn't have been true to the moment right yep totally which is like I guess all you can do with the record like hopefully I'll write songs that I'm happier with down the road and like whatever but it's all going to come to like a good record it just seems to be about letting people know where you were at and like making it feel like somebody could just swing through if they needed to and like see the full picture of the room that you're in and then move on. Selling a little? 
or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.